Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name's Joe Marcellina. Joining me once again is Dairy Field AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are we doing this week? Great, Joe. Uh, battling, battling a little sunburn, man. That's New England <laughs> spring, right? You know, we go from we go from freezing temperatures, and now now we're sweating on the turf. So, got my sunscreen on today, but still managed to give myself a sunburn somehow. I uh, I saw uh, on Twitter today that that Bedford is has a uh, has like a water tub. Uh, for its games, I, I don't know if this is for just, you know, kids are feeling hot, they jump in this thing, but I, I asked if it was for media, too, and I was told uh, told on Twitter that anybody anybody can take a jump in there if they're uh, feeling a little heat-strokey. And, uh, well, see, now I'm know? a little jealous. I know I know Bedford's <laughs> known for being an affluent area, but, like, that seems like something that, you know, most people would assume that Dairy Field would have on their sidelines. Exactly, little, yeah. Little I could cooling have, tubs for all their athletes. I mean, I could have used that you know. yesterday when I was up there. It was uh, It was pretty toasty on the turf. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's COVID. I don't know if that's COVID compliant yeah, right now. But uh, but it not. sounds it sounds nice, and I would have taken it. Well, today, if I if so. I wear my mask, I should be okay. <laughs> well, so. uh, this season we've been posting the podcast at nh-highschoolsports.com on Thursday mornings. Uh, so you know, mark that on your calendar. Although, uh, as we get a little closer to the playoffs um, or into the playoffs, we might have to make a couple changes there just based on scheduling. So uh, keep an eye out on that. Uh, certainly on social media, uh, which is one place where you can send us some feedback. You can give us questions, comments, um, ask us for lacrosse lessons, specifically me, I guess, uh, by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. Uh, I know we talked about that earlier this year. I did get another email this week asking uh, if I could give someone some lacrosse lessons. Um, once again, I, I don't think that's a, a good idea for you. I will take your money, however, but uh, you might be better off using it in a different way um just uh just I, i'm sure my my yelp reviews for lacrosse training are, are not very good <laughs> well joe i'm still not convinced that you weren't getting spammed there that that would <laughs> that seems like that seems like one of those uh saudi prints like buy me gift cards or or send me your social security number <laughs> and, uh, you think it, you think account. it was somebody that wanted to teach me how to play lacrosse allegedly it could have been know. it could have been that too could have been that too <laughs> i you know but what it might, it might have been yeah I don't know. Maybe that's something I'll do over the summer. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Well, so as we've done uh, throughout the year, uh, we've talked a little bit, um, you know, about the college game. I uh, wanted to, to, you know, of course, lacrosse is such a big sport in New Hampshire. Um, I, I feel like we, you know, are, are sending the majority of, of uh, kids off, you know, that are playing sports in college are playing lacrosse uh, from the from the Granite State. And uh, we've been talking about them what they've been doing on the college scene. And, and this week we were, you know, with the, the first rounds of the tournament, NCAA tournament um, in the books. And um, we were going to discuss a little bit about who's doing what in the tournament. So uh, what, what have you seen? Uh, we had a couple games on the men's side this, uh, this past weekend, right? Yeah. So, I mean, first, unfortunately, we have to say we have to say a sad goodbye to our friends at Bryant's. They, they had a they had a great season this year. Uh, but ran into one of the better teams in the ACC last Sunday. They lost 13-11 to, to Virginia to the Cavs. And, uh, you know, again, you know, terrific season for, for Ben Abladian. Um, you know, finished he, – he, he drew one of the top defenders all game long, finished with a goal uh, in the game. And, um, you know, just I can't say enough about the, about the season he had. I mean, he was – he was the second leading scorer on the team this year, finished with 37 points to the, to Logan McGovern, who finished with 44, uh, just an, you know, 29 goals, eight assists, incredible season for the, for the freshman there from VG. 
um, you know, and again, probably probably in uh, freshman of the year running nationally, I would I would think I would think so too. Um, yeah, and based that, on that that game, I I, I was at uh, unfortunately at, at uh, work uh, during that game and and watched pieces of it. Uh, but man, I when I looked up at, at what was it late third quarter, early fourth quarter, and they had a lead. Um, yeah, you know, oh, after, they were in it yeah, the whole game after being yeah. down in the first half. I was like, oh come on, guys, just. Yeah, it was it was fun to watch, and I, I they um, they held their own pretty well against what yeah, like you said, a very very good Virginia team. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, just a quick shout out too to Mason Druin. Didn't make the box score in that game, but as a freshman, finished uh, you know finished eighth on the team with 15 points. Uh, you know, Nate Liberty before he got injured was having a great season at the faceoff X there, and you can't forget about Ryan Ozier who, who's been making an impact on their team as well. There, so four guys from New Hampshire, all all doing uh, you know great work for Bryant, and uh, you know again Young coming back, and um, you know so Bryant Bryant's definitely uh, you know I, I guess you can't even call them up and coming. They're here. They're yeah, you know, and, and had, had a great season, and, and, and they'll continue to be on the the national stage there. Adding uh, probably one of New Hampshire's best high school players uh, in Spencer Clark uh, for next definitely year won't too. hurt them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and then on Saturday, uh, you know, we, we had who I'm quickly, I, you know, I think most people are considering now the, the tournament favorites, uh, North Carolina and Brian Cameron and Zach Tucci. Uh, they took on Monmouth. Uh, you know, I had a former player, Johnny Mack, uh, playing for Monmouth. Uh, he was on the sidelines there. didn't see the field, but uh, came to practice today, said, you know, couldn't say enough great things about playing for Monmouth and the season they had. Very excited about that. Um, but Brian Cameron did make the box score. Uh, you know, he had a goal in the game. And then, um, you know, Zach Tucci, you know, again, just has has had a, a great season all year long, had seven wins at the faceoff circle, went about 60%, um, you know, and he's going to be a key to their success down the stretch there. So pretty cool that, uh, you know, we get three three guys there. We had another we had another four over at Bryant. So, you know, you get seven guys in the in the quarterfinals of the, the NCAA tournament on the Division yeah. One level for uh, – for New Hampshire, that that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, They're, that's you fantastic. Know, for a small state, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, and uh, and I w- want to mention too that anyone uh, that you know, of course, North Carolina playing Rutgers in the next round. Uh, that game is actually going to be on TV on ESPNU Saturday at two thirty. So if you're not uh, not at any high school games or or anywhere else, um, you know, you can. Catch I suppose that. if you are too, you can yeah, stream it. Yeah, right. Absolutely. You can get you can get the best of both worlds that yeah. way. Yeah. Um. So continuing on on the uh, on the D two side, we really didn't have uh, a lot of guys playing per se in those in those games, um, but we did have some local action. St. Anselm, you know, we were a little bit nervous that uh, they weren't going to make the tournament based on the strength of their schedule, even though they were ranked, uh, you know, in the top five in the country in Division two. Uh, they got in and they had a thrilling win at home over over Seton Hill, twelve uh, eleven in overtime. Um, you know, again, we talked about Griffin Shoemaker who. Uh, played uh new hampshire tomahawks but w- was from mass so you know we, we sort of we sort of consider him we sort of consider him a new hampshireite just by by association there great great to see him uh get a win and then uh they followed that up on sunday again couldn't you know northeast 10 battle they they lost 11-7 to uh, lemoyne in the quarterfinals so you know really really cool to see again local new hampshire school on, on the national stage very nice uh and on the uh, had a couple of um, couple of people in action on the women's side of things. Uh, not as many, it feels like as as maybe on the men's side, but a couple um, couple kids getting some action here and there. 
Uh, one name that we we talked a lot about when she was in high school, but not quite as much this year because I don't I don't know if she's been been hurt or 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 what. But uh, Maddie McCorkle from Hanover, uh, who's a freshman down at Duke, um, hadn't played since uh, since mid April. Got in in their uh, opening round game against Mount St Mary and actually scored a couple goals. Uh, they won uh, nineteen to three. Then turn around on Sunday and uh, knocked off Maryland uh, thirteen to twelve. So Duke. Duke will play Northwestern uh, on Saturday. Uh, another game that actually you can watch. Uh, it's it's on uh, streaming on ESPN three at one o'clock Saturday. They take on Northwestern. Duke does. Um, and McCorkle got into that game against Maryland, but uh, but I didn't make it in the box score. And then um, also in Division one, you had uh, Stony Brook with uh, Goffstown uh, graduate Sidney Gagnon, who started every game on defense for uh, the America East champs this year. Uh, they opened up the tournament with a uh, 14-8 win over Townsend and then uh, knocked off Rutgers in the second round, 20-8. to uh, They've got a pretty uh, pretty tall task ahead of them. They play North Carolina again on Saturday in the quarterfinals. Uh, that game's on, on at noon. And then uh, rounding out uh, some D1 kids, you got uh, Ray Neal from Exeter. Uh, didn't play for UConn in their opening round loss to Virginia. Um, but, you know, she I think she got into a couple games this year and Certainly has a, a big future there uh, for the Huskies. Uh, and then at the uh, Division II level, uh, you had uh, Mount Olive with a, a bunch of a uh, bunch of kids from uh, Pinkerton with some experience over at Pinkerton. Uh, Megan Michaud, Nola Wesh, and Allie Davis. Uh, Michaud and West each had two goals, uh, but uh, Mount Olive came up short to Limestone, nine to eight. Uh, lost that one in overtime. Then um, East Stroudsburg, which uh, former Co Brown. Uh, standout Kendall Nestor. Uh, she's a freshman on that team. Um, hasn't seen too much action this year, but a member of the team that uh, they knocked off Seton Hill in the opening round, 18 to 10, and then beat Westchester 13 to 9. So they are actually in the semifinals in Division Two. So um, congrats to them. And uh, interesting kind of situation with uh, with Bentley. We talked about them going into the uh, into the postseason. Um, they had their opening round game against Mercy. Um, they, they won by no contest due to COVID protocols. I don't know the details on that, but I'm, I'm guessing since they moved on that Mercy had some positive tests and, and unfortunately had to forfeit that game. Uh, it happened the same thing on the boys' yeah. side, too. Mercy was supposed to play Mercyhurst, and, uh, yeah, they, they, had a, they had a forfeit there, too. So, so it might be, might be a school-wide, might be a program yeah. thing. Um, That's unfortunate. Yeah, unfortunate. You don't like to see that. Yeah. Uh, and then Bentley went on to play uh, Roberts Wesleyan and dropped that one uh, 10-7. Uh, Courtney Dermotti from Bedford, uh, she had a goal in that game. And uh, Kaylee Keenan, from, uh graduate from Bis- Bishop Girton, had an assist in that game. Um, so, unfortunately, Bentley's season came to an end uh, earlier than they probably hoped uh, in the D2 tournament. It's still great to see so many of those, uh, so many of our, our local girls playing there. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, Joe, the, the, the problem, the problems we still have with, with COVID and not being able to do the podcast live here, you, you cut me off before I could do the, the men's D3 side. Oh, I'm we sorry. Couple, I thought you, I we, thought you were, you were done there. You were, there was a, there was a pause, lengthy pause. pause. I thought you were, I thought pause. you were waiting for me to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't get a chance to all right, talk well, about you, all right, the, well, a couple, apologize couple Wyndham boys playing here. We had, uh, we had Lynchburg playing over the, over the weekends. They took on Pfeiffer in the first round, uh, 126-11. Uh, Jake Rust had a pair of goals in that game, and then they took uh, they took on perennial power Stevens in the uh, in the second round, 114-8. Um, Jake's been having a really good season for them. 
Um, you know, as a freshman, again, he's one of those guys, top, top 10 in scoring. He's had 17 points on the season, uh, 14 goals, three assists. I mean, again, a kid that, you know, really wish we could have gotten to see play last year as a senior was ready to, uh, to probably be one of the top, top players in the league last year and, and is coming in right away and making an impact for them. So they're moving on. And then, um, a Wyndham, a Wyndham uh, resident, but uh, former Derryfield Cougar, Lee Sipes, playing for Babson, um, had, a, had a great season. You know, it was a shorter season, unfortunately, due to COVID and other things like that, but uh, was able to, was able to uh, advance into the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1979 for Babson Ooh, there. Wow. Uh, they, unfortunately, drew a really tough, uh, tough team in the first round. And uh, they ended up losing 16-7. to But, again, congratulations to Lee and, and Babson for, uh, for making the tournament there. They had a big win over the uh, Coast Guard Academy uh, to get in to, to win their league in the championship there. Nice. So, um, yeah, so some guys on the D3 side as well making an impact. Well, I, you know, you, you bring up uh, not doing this in person. I will throw this out there. I don't, I don't know. You, you can, you can you, whatever you want to divulge on your end, feel free. <laughs> um, but I feel perfectly comfortable saying, because I, I want everyone else to do this too, I am, I am, as of Monday, I am good to go. Uh, or this coming Monday, I'm good to go wherever you want to do the podcast. Got my second shot uh, two Mondays ago, so I will be I will be at my 14 days coming up, and uh, you know I'm I'm ready to be released back into the wild. Uh, so I'm double backs myself. Yeah, if you want to make that trip towards the seacoast, we can we can do barbecue <laughs> again. We could we could go to Goody Coles and yeah. uh, maybe we get spo- maybe we get sponsored. So we're ready. <laughs> let's find let's find a spot. All right. Well, yeah. We'll have to maybe maybe uh, maybe the first playoff show we can uh, we can figure something out for that. Just in time for the playoffs. Yes. Perfect. Absolutely. So yeah, when. And uh, it, that'll be weird. I don't. Yeah, I actually having to sit across from each other and, and do this. That's that's kind of strange. I'm used to just like staring off into space. And you know, I miss the background laptop. crowd noise and the in the making making eye contact with the waitress and telling her to go away <laughs> when we're we're in the middle of, we're the in the middle of yeah, <laughs> or the the occasional uh, siren that uh, goes racing down Main Street in Nashua while we're you know as someone opens the door. Uh, that was you know what though exciting. I'll take it. Well, I'll take it. I'll take it back. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got the got the college notes out of the way. Uh, let's take a look. Uh, you know, we we've been um, voting in the top ten on a or on a top ten uh, on the boys' side of high school things for a couple of weeks now. Um, and uh, I you know hate to sound like a broken record, but uh, that top four is is pretty locked in at this point. Um, Bishop Girton at number one, Exeter at number two, Pinkerton number three, Londonderry number four. Uh, you know, I thought there maybe that, but maybe that two and three is a little bit closer than people might've thought. Maybe. Um, yeah, I thought we, I was hoping we might have a little shake up there. Uh, we still, I suppose we still could, uh, we still could, but yesterday you had, um, Exeter beating Pinkerton 12 to 10. Um, you know, so that's, uh, they play again on Thursday. So certainly a possibility. Um, and then, you know, as you get down into the lower part of the, the top 10 too, there was another matchup on Tuesday that I thought had the potential for that. Uh, of course, Portsmouth and Winnicott playing each other this week. Uh, Portsmouth is, is still at number five. Uh, Bedford at number six. Derryfield number seven. Uh, the only change in the poll this week, you had Nashua South jump up from uh, nine to eight, and uh, they moved up over Winnicott, who dropped from eight to nine. And then Hollis Brookline came in at number ten uh, for, I believe, the second week in a row, maybe third week in a row. Um and then uh, Wyndham, Campbell, 
Concord and Sauhegan also receiving votes in this week's poll. Uh, and, you know, I know a couple weeks ago I accidentally read my poll off as the uh, the statewide one. Um, and honestly, I could have done it this week. The only difference was I had Campbell in at number 10 instead of Hollis Brookline. Uh, I know we, you and I have talked about that, um, you know, of course. Those Cavaliers are going to come after you. <laughs> They're going to be angry there. They, you know, beat, they beat Campbell they did, twice. They how are you doing that to them? Campbell how, are you, how are you disrespecting them like that? Beat them twice be in, the, in the first week of the season, uh, very early. I, I, I'm I'm sure you look at, at your your boys and, and where they were that first week of the season and where they are now. Um, I'm hoping You're you would say. You're a big ISS guy. I get I, it. Exactly, I get yeah, it. yeah. How are you? I, I, I try to balance it between, you know, I, I guess my what I look for is is if you were to play now, what would the outcome be? Uh, and I just you know I know I know Hollis just played Sauhegan last week, which they split those two games. Um, but outside of that, I feel like Campbell's been a little bit more tested um, as the season's gone along. So I think you know maybe if they met again, they did they did play what a double overtime game in one of those games. You know, maybe played, I don't know if it was double overtime. It was overtime. It was, yeah, it was a yeah. twelve thirteen. It was a thirteen twelve game um, early in the season. Yeah. But again. I, I agree with you. You know, it's hard hard to tell, especially early in the season. Um, you know, uh, Coach Dom, Coach Dom's just getting to know his guys. You know, it's hard. To, you know, I'm sure I'm sure they've grown and built chemistry since then. Um, you know, but I, I think I think the bottom of there. I think you there's there's all kinds of argue, You know, Campbell has an argument to be in. I think I, I don't know. Did did you mention did did Wyndham get votes this week? Yep, Wyndham Wyndham was the first team out. Yeah, um, I mean that there's a team there's a team right there that I think has a huge argument to be in. I mean they're playing hot right now. They, they you know started a little bit slow but played arguably one of the hardest schedules in the beginning of the season and um, you know his is coming along and getting hot at the right time. Um, you know I think there's any number of of teams in the bot in sort of that maybe 14 through eight range that could make a case. Um, that they could be in the top top ten right now. So one, I want to want to talk more about that um, that Pinkerton Exeter game uh, from Tuesday. Um, you know that we mentioned a, a moment ago. Um, you know, I, I think a week ago we were kind of, uh, you know, we were kind of unsure about, you know, where we hadn't we hadn't talked much about Pinkerton. I guess is what I mean. Um, you know, since they had played BG, because their schedule got a little bit lighter um, for a you know a couple games, they had that big win over Winnicott a couple weekends ago. Um, you know, last week they come off with a, a big win against Nashua South in a game where they got down uh, two nothing or two to one early, and then um, just went on a, a run to end the first quarter and kind of take control of that game. Um, so yeah, that was a pretty impressive uh, impressive win for them. Uh, and they were down early against uh, Exeter, I believe. I think it was 5-1 at one point in that first quarter. And then they were able to come back, tie it at 6, going into halftime, and then you know almost came all the way back uh, late in that one, I believe. Yeah, and you know what's impressive to me is the number, looking at the you know the box score and the, and the different guys that scored in there. You know, obviously Connor Holly stepped up for, for, uh, for Exeter. And he tends to do that. I mean, I remember when, when we played them in 2019, he was the guy that kind of stepped up when we tried to take away other players in that game. So he's continued to do that and, and stepped up in a big situation there. But looking at the number of kids, you know, you had Aiden Drunzik, Gavin Lechner, Jackson Hale, uh, Mantell, Clark, Lechner, you know, all those guys getting in on the, getting in on the, the action there. And then on Pinkerton's side, same thing, you know, 
you knew guys like Riley Spellman and, and Hunter Druin were going to score, but you had Barbone, you had Lynch, uh, Uber, Gallo, you know, uh, just a ton of different guys all, all stepping up there. So, you know, I, I think, again, it's not, it's not one or two guys for these teams. It was pretty well balanced. Um, so that, that's what I, I was impressed by in that first game, first matchup between the two. You know, the one, one guy you mentioned there for Pinkerton that I, that I would want to point out too, uh, Ryan Lynch, who, um, you know, he was he wasn't a guy that we talked about. I think at the beginning of the season, not a lot, no. And he's not uh, someone yeah. coming in, no. And and the last couple games, um, you know, he's been you know finding the back of the net for them. Um, I forget off the top of my head what he what he did against South, but he was their leading scorer in that game. I mean, he might have had like five or six goals in that game. Um, you know, he had two on Saturday in their their win over Concord. Uh, had two more, uh, you know, against Exeter the other day. So, I mean, he's given them a, and a couple other guys have stepped up too and given them some options on offense outside of, you know, the guys that, that we, you know, you, you talk about, Druin, Spellman, uh, Barbone. So, I mean, yeah. that's a. If that's... you're looking, if you're looking for a player that maybe I, I felt's been a little bit silent that might, that might step up in this next game for Pinkerton, I, I'd look for Jackson Morissette. Um, yeah. That's a name. Yeah. That's a name I'm surprised that hasn't showed up a little bit more. Very talented kid and, and one that's capable you know, he, he, uh, he played a big role in their, in their win in 2019 there. And so, you know, I, I think he's, he's definitely someone that, uh, you know, I would look to step up for them in the next game. And, uh, it seems, um, and I know they've been splitting goalies, um, a little bit here and there. Uh, but Tyler LeBlanc got the start in, in goal against, uh, in that game Tuesday, made 10 saves. Um, you know, he started the game against South last week and, and had some nice saves in that one too. So he seems like he's, kind of been another guy that's that that came from off at least our radar uh and, and has stepped up this year um so yeah it, it, sort of took, yeah. yeah sort of taking taking the reins with taking the reins with that with the the goalie position there and sort of taking a hold of it yeah, yeah. so yeah I'm, I'm uh i'm curious to see what happens um you know and and potentially you know not knowing specifically what the playoff uh format or or lineup is going to look like i mean this could be a, a semi-final man you hope it's a semi-final matchup well, uh, unfortunately, it could also be an opening round match too. Well, let's let's. We're gonna hope yeah, not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, you know, I I guess what I'm trying to get at is knowing that you're gonna see this team again. Um, I guess it brings up the question we asked a little bit, like with with Pinkerton Exeter or Pinkerton, uh, BG and Exeter BG. It's like how much do you do you empty the playbook here, uh, or, or or do you change your your game plan at all? Um, I don't think you do it game? at all. I think I think knowing now both of these teams knowing how close they are to each other, I think you play it very vanilla. I think you play it really close to the vest. I think you run your base offense, your base defense. You know, maybe maybe you've got some, you know you run a couple different plays or sets that maybe they didn't see in the light. But I I think you save anything special for the playoffs there. Um, you know, I, I don't think you're going to make any. Plus, it's just it's a quick turnaround. I don't think you're going to make any major adjustments there, um, you know. But if you if you had practiced some stuff that you were you were looking to maybe use, I don't, you know, I I, I know both these coaches pretty well, and I can't imagine. I just don't see any gain in any win in doing that right now, you know, knowing that you're likely going to see each other again pretty quickly. Yeah, um, you know, and the the uh, other kind of interesting. I guess maybe D one storyline I want to I want to point out too. Um, you know, we mentioned uh, talked a little bit about Nashua South coming back. They were on a uh, a pause, a COVID pause for what amounted to, to more than two weeks because they had a, a game postponed against Bishop Girton um, that was more of a weather postponement, and then had a couple games 
uh, against Londonderry and one against Pinkerton also canceled. Uh, they went over a stretch of, um, I want to say it was like 27 days where they played just two games. Um, so, I mean, basically they were restarting their season last week against Pinkerton. And if you you look at how it shapes up, you know, for the, the you know, they'll play, uh, they played Merrimack on Wednesday. They play them again on Friday, which, which finishes up um, starting with that game against uh, Pinkerton last Thursday where they were playing games every other day. And then they finish up next week with three games in four days, uh, one against Sauhegan and two against North. Uh, before they then have a, a break for you know to get ready for the playoffs, so I mean that's a I'm a, a, a finish where you know you go so long without playing games, you're kind of restarting your season, and then all of a sudden you're thrown like right back into the into the sprint. You you go from from being idle to to sprinting to the finish there. Yeah, not an e- not a thing, not an easy thing to be able to do. But I will say in this year. You know, some of these, I mean, I, I've definitely been way more relaxed and I don't know, maybe I'm making the wrong decision here, but I'm, I'm feeling that my guys, the, the biggest thing for me this year is being healthy and rested going into the play, going into the playoffs. Um, I've, I've definitely had a different attitude of practice, kind of calling to the essentials and kind of saying, you know what, uh, at this point, how much more am I really going to put in and install before now is, is it more important that we're playing with energy and we're rested and ready to go i think it is you know i think um i think the teams that are going to be that, that are going to peak and play the best are the teams that are going to be healthy and and ready to ready to play hard because so many teams are so close to each other that i'm not so sure that it's going to be an x's and o's thing and more of like who's going to find energy in the fourth quarter you know so um you know sometimes maybe a little bit of a pause isn't a, isn't a bad thing for a team um, if, if it's used in the right way. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I, I, you know, you, you mentioned there, you know, what you're putting in and, and, and just trying to keep guys healthy and I, and we kind of talked about, you know, this a little bit, um, you know, over, over the day, um, getting ready for this. And I, I, I guess now's a good time to bring it up. I think, um, you know, where, where I kind of had this, this kind of thought, um, you know, as I'm seeing more teams and as we're getting later into the year and, and you're starting to see teams kind of come together and, and figure out what they are and, and, and how they can compete. Um, you know, and, and I know this whole scheduling setup, you know, with the idea that the, the playoffs were going to be open, um, you know, every team was going to be in, the regular season wasn't going to necessarily count towards your playoff seeding. And this has been the case for the entire year. It was the case in the fall. It was the case in the winter. But I feel like, you know, looking at those two, the fall, we didn't really know as much as we know now about, you know, COVID and being outdoors and being close proximity to people, you know, playing athletics and all that. Uh, and then in the winter being indoors with the numbers going up, I feel like for those two seasons, this setup was a little bit more about safety, um, you know, just, just trying to do things the right way so that we're not you know, putting others at risk and spreading this thing and any more right. than it needs to be. Um, and, and I'm sure that's the, that was the thinking going into the spring too. But the, the other thing that I think has happened or, or that maybe this was needed for this spring was because all of these teams lost a season. You know, I, I've heard a number of coaches say this year, I have two freshman classes basically. You, you've said it a couple of times, I think, yep. um, you know, on this, the podcast. Um, you know, so... I feel like that has made a big difference that that everyone is allowed to 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 a degree look at this season and say, well, you know, I, I got to not only am I trying to win games, but I'm also 
really trying to get this this group some game some some playing time uh, beyond you know beyond that. Yeah, and to build your numbers back program commitments, um, you know, and to kind of look towards the future. Okay. Yeah, it's not just about this year. Like we're we're trying to to continue to build for you know years down the road. Um, so that the program stays healthy. And I think a lot of teams have, have taken that approach this year. Again, I don't think there's anybody who said we don't want to win today. Right. But um, it has offered um, a little bit less pressure, I would say, and a little bit more time to be able to spend with kids at practice and say, yep, we're going to focus a little bit more on fundamentals or we're going to teach a little bit more and, and maybe teach concepts instead of like, okay, we're going to teach, you know, these different plays that we have to run because we've got to beat this team because otherwise we're going to be the, the six seed instead of the five seed. And that's a bad matchup for us. And we don't want to do it, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So. Uh, it'll just, I guess, I guess what, well, you know, our opinions may change in the next week too, you know, based on what they end up, uh, what numbers get pulled out of the hat. Uh, or names get pulled out of the hat here in the next. Uh... I don't know. I don't know that that'll that'll change much. I think I think people are going to be no matter what. I think people are going to be upset at the at the regional cohorts because I just you know there there's no way to do it perfectly. Um, and maybe you're right. I mean, if we do end up getting a, a Pinkerton Exeter first round game, that would be that would really stink. Um, that would not that would not be a lot of that that wouldn't that wouldn't really help lacrosse. No, um, you know, same thing. Like if we get a if we get a Winnicott at Portsmouth first round matchup, you know that that would not that would not be great for Division Two. So, you know, we kind of hope that those things don't happen. Um, but, you know, um, I think you're right for the most part. Again, teams across the state are having. You know, I look at teams like like Kingswood and Pembroke. You know, programs like that that have not traditionally had a lot of success the last few years and. They're winning and winning breeds, you know, kids being excited and walking around the school and feeling good about, you know, being part of that team and pride. And then their buddies want to come out and play. And all of a sudden, you know, you build on that. So in some respects, I, I think it has been a really good thing for for programs out there this year. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we're hoping that uh, by the next by the time we do this next week, that uh, we know what the playoff matchups are going to be. Uh, based on what you know, what the NHIA did in the fall and the winter, you know they put those things out a good week in advance. Um, so you know the the playoffs start this year on Memorial Day, which is unique in and of itself. So you're hoping by next Monday that there's something at least out there. Uh, but what they did uh, release recently was uh, was they confirmed locations for. Uh, semis and finals um, we already I had an idea of what the boys was going to look like of course all semifinal games are going to be uh, you know the home of the the lower lower team number uh, basically you know if, if they're numbered one through four the team that's number one uh, would be host you know the host of the, of the semifinal uh, right but the finals uh, and we talked a little bit about this last week um, but it does look like they've actually changed the the start time for the Division One boys game. Uh, that's a 4:30 start on June 12th at Bedford, and then you've got D2 starting at 7:30, uh, also at Bedford on the 12th. So a nice little doubleheader there still. Uh, and then the D3 boys up at up at Laconia uh, at five o'clock on the 12th. So uh, yeah, again, like we said, pretty much the same as what we we kind of had a, a inkling of last week. Uh, but now there are now also uh, finals out there for the girls' side. Um, D1 girls plays June 8th. Uh, there'll be 7 o'clock start over at Exeter. 
D2 is uh, Wednesday, June 9th at 7 o'clock over at Bedford. And then D3, uh, Tuesday, June 8th, 7 o'clock at Laconia. So now that we've... Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but 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 that makes me a little less anxious because I was getting to, you know, look, trying, to, trying to schedule things out here and I'm going, oh my God, where am I going to be these days? I want to know what, what's going on. Uh, I can so. tell you, I don't know if it... it lowers my anxiety level in here but it definitely <laughs> helps uh it helps for planning purposes Absolutely. i know i've had a lot of parents reaching out to me wanting to make plans and i said look all i know is dates i don't know times i don't know locations i and, and technically i still really don't other than if our teams make the finals then yeah we kind of know where they're going to be and and what time they're going to be at but in terms of like you know we uh, for instance if our teams advance to the quarterfinals in baseball and boys and girls lacrosse. We know we're playing on, on Saturday, June 5th, but we don't know if we're going to be hosting. And the reason I bring that up is because we have, we have graduation and parents are trying to plan, you know, can they have a, can they have an after, uh, you know, graduation ceremony party afterwards and invite parents and things over, or, you know, is the game going to be four o'clock at Dairy Field and they can do that, or is it going to be on the road? And I, I don't have any information to give them. So um, yeah, yeah things, you know, <laughs> I get it. We all got to be paid. We all got to be patient. Yep. You know? Yeah. Um, I guess I guess it's different. It's different from my perspective because I, I'm, I plan on going to the finals one way or the other, um, you know, regardless of of, of who's uh, who's there. So that that I know what I know what my plans are for that day. Uh, I guess that's, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, um, getting back into into the games, um, you know, wanted to, to talk to the other the other kind of big game on the boys side. Uh, this or big games this week was the was port, the matchup with Portsmouth and Winnicott. Um, you know, you had Portsmouth taking the first game on Tuesday. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Remind me what the score was. I'm I'm drawing a blank on that one. Uh, uh, eight to four. Eight to four. Portsmouth. Um, they play again on Thursday, and and really, um, you know what what we saw in that first game was was it's kind of maybe the team's showing a little bit of of the depth that they've built up um, over this year um, in that first game, right? Yeah, I mean, really, really impressed. Uh, Portsmouth, you know, missing missing a few guys uh, on a few key starters for them. They're Dom Maldary, Dan Buttrell, and, and Dylan Rolfs all out. Starting defenseman Ryan Edwards, he was also missing in that game. Um, you know, so for them to be able to do that, and you know, Winnicott's got some got some guys beat up right now too. I think that's that's the tough part. Uh, is you know, you it's it's hard to. I mean, it's 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 a great win. It clearly shows that Portsmouth has some depth um, beyond beyond their original starters. Um, but I I still think no matter who wins this next game, both of those teams are capable of of beating each other and winning the winning the whole the whole the the whole division um yeah. you know and making it to the state championship there but uh you know impressive um you know start for for uh portsmouth there um you know freshman zach amen he steps up he's got four goals we played him the other week you know i could tell he was a he was a really good player um but you know as a freshman maybe maybe you're defaulting a little bit to some of the guys ahead of you and now when some of those guys go down you know when you're missing a dom Maldary. Now I was well, you know, I got to step up, and boy, did he ever! Um, you know, I'm not sure. I think I'm pretty sure Winnicott had him on the scouting report, but I, I doubt they thought he was going to score four goals in that game. So, you know, great, uh, great start for him. Mike Durkin, another kid, uh, you know, who who uh, flashed in in our game that we played. Um, you know, he had two goals in that game, stepping up. Um, you know, and then on Winnicott's side, you know, some names that we kind of thought would be there: Ben Chase, two goals; James O'Hara. 
um, uh, Cole Fisher, you know, guys like that, that, um, you know, we, we knew coming in the season were going to be good. So both these teams still tons of talent there. They are a little beat up right now, but, um, you know, a great, great first game. Uh, even though it ended up eight, four, it was a back and forth game, um, you know, throughout the, throughout the game there. So, um, you know, I think, and I don't expect anything different the second time they play. You know, you mentioned mentioned Zacherman, and he he also I saw uh, Portsmouth play Merrimack Saturday, and and again they were they were beat up in that game too. Uh, although from what I understand, some of it was um, just guys struggling after getting their their second COVID shot, um, and and yep. you know not being able to play. Um, but what you know, Zach had a good game against Merrimack, but also want to mention um, his older brother Nate. Amend, who yep. uh, who has been playing some goal for uh, Portsmouth this year, and had a big game against Merrimack, um, and he's a guy that um, you know just started playing, I believe, over the summer and the fall of this past year. So, um, you know, he he's had a pretty nice year for them, uh, getting some time in goal. Yeah, he's done a good job. They've been ro- they've been rotating goalies. Um, uh, Skyler Michelettis was was in the start on on Tuesday against Winnicott, but yeah, they've been they've been going back and forth. Um, you know, both of them, both of them played well. Skyler played against us the first time. Um, you know, and coach Fisher, coach Fisher has been known to do this. He's had, he's had several goalies rotate like that, um, throughout the years, the, the years that we played them in the championships, um, before you go back to, um, Oscar, uh, a while ago, right. who's at, at SNHU now, um, you know, he started for them for a few years, but then after that, he had, he had two goalies that he rotated back and forth there. So, they're no stranger to that. And, um, you know, I think it's a nice, it's a nice option for them to have, you know, it could, it can even be a matchup thing. You know, sometimes one of the goalies might, might have a skill set that's better served against one team or the other. So, well, so well, uh, since, since you brought it up, uh, and I hope I'm not divulging too much. Oh, you, you guys played each other already. So, uh, but, but coach Fisher did mention that he, he wanted to start Skyler against you guys. Cause he was a lefty just, just to give you that different look and, you know, <laughs> Maybe it made a difference. Maybe it, Maybe it threw yeah. us off. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it threw us off. Uh, so. <laughs> one one goal game. Those head games. You know? Yeah, I mean, it, I guess. Yeah, it could. It comes down to anything in games like that, right? Um, and he did. He did make some great doorstop saves. So yeah, maybe maybe yeah. it did throw off our guys a little bit. But uh, you know, more than that, though, I'm impressed with uh, with Portsmouth's um, just overall defense this year. You know. They've got some very, very solid poles. Um, you know, I don't think they have a ton of guys that you would say are like takeaway specialists, but they've got a lot of guys that just don't get beat. Yeah. You know, they yeah. get in, they play, they don't give up a lot of transition. And, you know, that that's a recipe for success in a year where maybe you're finding your identity on the offensive end. You're not putting up the double digit goal numbers that you're used to of Portsmouth teams in the past you're winning games because you're playing great defense, you know, and that's, what do they say in the playoffs? That's what, what wins championships, you know, and I can firmly assess to that. Like, you know, we've just because we've leaned on our defense in the past and then the goals, the goals start to fall because the other team presses and they, they make mistakes. So, um, you know, coach Fisher's got a good team right now and he should be proud of the way the guys are playing, but I know coach snow is going to be hungry to, uh, to get back out there and prove that, um, you know, he's got the team as well on Thursday. You know, and it, as if playing Portsmouth twice this week wasn't enough, then uh, Winnicott also hosts Exeter uh, Saturday morning. Uh, so they've got really quite the week, uh, and then and then they they make the trip or or they they play you guys um, twice to end the season, correct? 
Ah, that's all right. They should just they, they probably they don't have to worry about <laughs> don't those. Don't games. worry so about those. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they'll be fine. I'm, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that they have no, they have nothing, no interest in, um, in, in you know, especially given the last time that that you guys played each other. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, no G two G two is heating up right now. A lot of lot of good lot of good games going on there. Um, you know, Hollis Brookline's playing really well right now. They they avenged their uh, their their loss to Southeegan the other day. Uh, Joel Riley, Hunter Hudzik, both playing really well. Joel Riley just got his, his 100th assist of his career. Um, Hunter Hudzik uh, just got his 100th, 100th career point. Um, you know, freshman Ben Defoe, who, who played for me on the Tomahawks, having a great season right now, stepping up. And, and Scotty Walsh, uh, you know, playing well in net for them. So another team, um, you know, flying a little bit. Well, I wouldn't say they're flying under the radar. People people are definitely, they're in the top 10. People People know they're good. Um, you know, but sort of, I, in my mind, sort of similar to Wyndham where, you know, maybe they're, they're creeping there and people don't really, you know, I think once they get in the playoffs, I don't think anyone's going to want to see, you know, either one of those teams, um, very good teams. I feel like, I feel like there's like a half dozen of those in division two, like, oh man, like, like I would, I would throw Timberlane and Oyster River into those, into the category two. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Just, just like, you know, if you, if that's your matchup for the first round. Um, you can't be happy about no, that. You would no. not be happy about that. No, yeah. you could definitely, you could definitely could have had an easier game. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I would even throw, you know, again, I, it's hard to tell because of the schedule that's being played, but Hey, Kingswood's winning the games in front of them yeah. right now, you know, yeah. and they're, and they're putting up, you know, decent, decent numbers in there. So that that's a team that's going to be a little bit of an unknown come the playoffs too. You, you draw them and you haven't played them yet. And you're like, I, I don't, I don't know much about these guys. You yeah. know, there isn't, you know, for a lot of these teams, you can go on YouTube right now and you can find a lot of games. You know, the one thing about COVID it's made it pretty easy to scout this year because <laughs> there's a lot of, a lot of film out there for teams to check out. Yeah. I, I hope, I hope that's something that continues. I, I, I haven't had a chance to do as much of it as I would have liked this year, but, but definitely, the thought of being able to just sit down on a weeknight or, or whenever and, and just kind of go through some old, you know, some games from maybe the day before or the week before. And that's, um, I, I kind of like that idea. I tell you what, it's made my, it's made my home <laughs> life a lot easier. So thank you. Thank you, Joe and others who have, who have been filming games and, and other ADs that have been live streaming. It's been wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Keep it up. <laughs> we'll do what we can. Uh-huh. Right? Um, but you know, uh, we, how about we, we? I think we should maybe transition a little bit to the to the girls' side here. Sure, talk a little absolutely. Bit about the, uh, some of the games there. Do you want to? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, selfishly speaking, do you want to? Do you want to start with the the Jerryville sure, sure. Thomas? Let's team start. Yeah, that was a uh, yeah. We I was at the uh, I did you know you you guys were out um, in Dover playing the St. Thomas boys. Um, I was at in Manchester watching uh, the Dairy Field and St. Thomas girls play yesterday. Um, just a, a great great game there was um you know from start to finish the the intensity was was high on both sides and then there was just some some strange things that happened during the game too that um you know i some some things that that potentially could have in- interrupted really the, the the flow of the game a little bit um the probably the weirdest one um happened kind of late in the game where you know it's it I want to say I think Derryfield was up a couple of goals. I'm not sure how. I know they got up as many as four, but I'm. I th- it might have been a three goal lead at this point. When all of a sudden the ref like just starts one of the refs starts blowing his whistle and waving his arms and and everybody's just kind of looking around like what what are you doing? Um, and then you know it, it was so it was a two it was actually a two goal game. It was nine seven, uh, Derryfield at that point, and uh, just under nine minutes left. And uh, it looked like from where I was that the, that the ref pulled a muscle, like he he like strained his calf or something, 
because um, he started limping off to the side and uh, ended up getting getting it wrapped up. And uh, he he toughed it out, you know, finished off the game. Um, but it was one. It was like just it was just bizarre. Like, and I I don't know if I've seen that happen in basketball, but I've never seen that happen in any other sport where, and and in basketball it's more like. You know, I've seen a ref just like his knee give out and he goes down, and it's you know it's it's much more, you know maybe because it's a smaller enclosed area. I, I don't know. Um, you know, well, then, first first hot day, first hot first, day on the turf. Yeah, maybe yeah. you're not maybe you're not drinking enough water and you you start to cramp up. It's, I mean, you could easily see that, right? There you, they, you, there you go. If you guys had had the tub, if we had had the tub, he could have just hopped into the tub and you know at halftime and and it would have been okay. Um. Although I, you know, I, he would have had to fight me for it, so I don't, you know, that that's that would have been tough for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, you know, it was a it was a real back and forth um, game too. You know, St. Thomas got up two nothing. Derryfield came back, made it three two. St. Thomas went up four uh, three, and then Derryfield closed out the half on a run. So it was it was six four at half, seven four early. Um, you know, and it just it had that that kind of almost playoff feel to it too. You know, where it's just back and forth, and you. You kind of could tell that these were, you know, these are two of the top teams. You know, maybe I'd throw maybe Bo in there too in Division Three. Um, you know, as as maybe a top three right now. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun and and kind of a, a game that I wish I could could see on on Thursday when they you know they play again out at uh, out at St. Thomas. A uh, couple of couple of milestones reached in that game too. You had for St. Thomas, you had uh, Brooke Chandler. Uh, she had six goals in that game. Uh, scored the one hundredth goal of her career. Uh, so congrats to her. She's uh, uh, going uh, next year committed to uh, a school we've talked about quite a bit. She's going to Bryant uh, to play next year. And then on the Dairyfield side, uh, your goalie, uh, Shauna Lemery's, uh she made her 400th career save. Uh, and it was probably the most bizarre save of, of her high school career. Uh, I don't know if, if you got a chance to see it. I did get some video of it. Actually, it's up on the on the website um, you know, there was a, um, a free position. I forget who from St. Thomas took it. Um, but as she was trying to shoot, um, someone from Dairyfield got a stick in there. The ball came out, it bounced around and came back to, and, and, um, the ball came back to the girl. She whipped it at the goal, hit the post. It bounced off to the far side. They got the ball back in. Someone shot it and, and Shauna was able to make the save, but went to the ground, um, as she's making it and the ball came out of her stick and started rolling towards the goal. And oh then just, God. just all of a sudden it just, it stopped like right in front of the goal line. And I, like, I, I honestly like watch, if you watch the video and, and try to slow it down a little bit, um, the ball had some speed and it just, it just died. So I don't well, know. Well, that's if a good, that's, I'm going to take credit for that. That's, <laughs> I was going to, yeah, right there, I was going to say like pellet in the turf, right, right, right the, there. The, right. So you put I'm, a little I'm more, actually gonna, I'm actually going to take credit for I, that. Yeah. Save, yeah. The, the, and, the, uh, you know. the grass, the grass in the crease is a little bit longer than the grass. Exactly. The, yeah, or exactly. the turf, which believes yeah, the turf. We know. Uh, so, and then, and then what, what was kind of strange too was, you know, the ball's just sitting there for a second and, a, you know, one of the Dairyfield girls like starts to she puts a foot in the crease to like go after the ball, and then realizes what she's doing and steps back out. Shauna covered it up, and as she's doing that, the a girl from St. Thomas is like pointing at the other Dairyfield girl like she stepped in the crease, she stepped in the crease, and the ref called St. Thomas for being in the crease, even though she hadn't stepped into it. So it it yeah it was uh it was a just a strange kind of 
scenario, uh, you know, and then, it, you know, there was a timeout called and, and, you know, the girls came out and ca- congratulated her and, and uh, all that. Um, but it was just, yeah, I'm, I'm watching. I was like, that's got to be, you know, for, to, to get a, a save like that, a milestone like that, especially, you know, in just three years, of course, losing last year, um, getting 400 saves in three years. Um, I mean, it's, it's just pretty it's, impressive. Yeah, pretty impressive. yeah. But I mean, to get it on a save like that was probably just like, OK, you couldn't have written that uh, scripted that one. That was just bizarre. Bizarre, but you take it any way you yeah, can get it, and especially, so, you know, it's yeah. nice that you can celebrate your 400th on uh, on a, on a, on a, so. Uh, oh, you, you cut know. you cut out there a little bit there. What would you uh, celebrate on a what? On a win. Oh, on a win. You know, yeah. nice, yes. nice to get a milestone like that on a win. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm uh, again curious to, or excited to see what happens in Tuesday's game. And, uh, you know, as we, we were talking a little bit uh, before uh, we started here. Just really, um, really curious, too, to, to see what, you know, obviously St. Thomas and Derryfield have had great years this year, and, and, and Bo has been putting up numbers that are, are just out of this world. Um, they've got to be averaging about 18 goals a game uh, so far this year, but they've played a lot of teams that, that neither of, of St. Thomas or Derryfield's played, so it's it's very hard to gauge, you know, where where they are exactly with those yeah. two. You know, I, I'll be interested to see what happens on on Thursday in that St. Thomas Derryfield game. I was uh, I was very excited for my girls looking at the box score and seeing the number of different girls who contributed yeah, to that win. Because um, I mean, it's no secret. Uh, Lucy Lakata is a very good player. She's going to Colgate. Uh, had a terrific season this year. But you know, um, when it comes time for playoffs, if you're dependent on on one player, it makes it a lot easier for teams to potentially shut you down. So. I, I again, I talked to some of the girls before the game. We said, "Look, you know, girls, we need other players to step up, like you know, and we have the talent to do it." So it, it was, uh, it was really cool to see uh, that box score and to get a great win over over a team like St. Thomas that that most people are expecting, you know, to be in the finals. Um, that's a great sign for for my girls that 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 so many girls were able to contribute in that game. So yeah, that was. That was definitely something that stood out. I think she had one goal in the first half, and it was still, uh, you know, they were up six to four. So that's a that's a huge, um, you know, and, and and they got a they got some help from uh, you know not just from other girls on offense, but um, you know they had two defensive players scoring too. Yeah, with, Laura, uh, Laura Laura McLean, McLean Laura and, McLean getting one and, there. Actually, uh, uh, Leah Hoey had one in the uh, the second half, I believe. Um, so yeah, a couple of um, couple of couple of kids that, that you know aren't, aren't usually scoring stepping up and getting goals too yeah so so yeah i think uh you know i think i think you kind of nailed it there you know we, we don't really know yet you know bo based on the regional schedule you're playing they look really good but we haven't we it's hard to compare when uh you know Derryfield and st thomas have played such a different schedule yeah. you know yeah. how do those how do those scores compare so tough to, yeah uh, tough to say um yeah. you know and um you know, while we're, we're, you know, I also did see um, earlier this week, uh, Londonderry Sauhegan girls uh, played on Monday. Um, they played again on Wednesday, but I'm not seeing a final for that game yet, so I'm not sure what what happened in the rematch. But Monday's game was an 11-10 win for Sauhegan, which, um, you know, they they really pulled that one out um, at the end. It was um, they, you know, they were down uh, quite a bit, um, or it felt, you know, if I shouldn't say quite a bit, it felt like more than it actually was. I want to say they were down like. Um, you know, twelve to twelve to eight at one point. Um, you know, and it and or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not twelve to ten to 
10 to 7, 10 to 6, somewhere in there. And, um, you know, they scored a bunch of goals late in that game, including the winner with like a minute and a half left. Um, you know, and, and it was, uh, you know, it kind of um, Londonderry's coach, uh, Kelly Gordon, after the game was, was really, you know, despite the loss, uh, you know, was very excited with how they had played because she said they, they went in that game feeling like they were, they were underdogs to Sauhegan. Um, you know, when they were able to play with them and they've, they've, you know, been competitive with, um, you know, other teams as well this year, some of the, the, the top teams outside of maybe Bishop Girton that first week of the season, um, you know, and then they finish with Pinkerton next week, Juan and Derry does, um, you know, and I'm wondering, you know, it, it's kind of, I know, you know, BG is, is the favorite as we talked about, um, a lot this season, uh, but I think, you know, the, the rest of the field is kind of wide open. I know Pinkerton's had a great year, Bedford's had a great year. Sauhegan, Londonderry, uh, Nashua South has been in the mix too. Exeter, as well. Um, they actually have a win over Londonderry earlier this year. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I know, I know. Again, Bedford and Pinkerton are putting up a ton of goals. Um, you know, and maybe so we're doing this on uh, on Wednesday nights here. Have right. you have you seen a score from from the Bedford Pinkerton game yet today? I have not because I think that one started. Um, that was a late was game, six thirty or seven o'clock start. start. So yeah, I, so I have not seen anything from that one. Um, so to pull back the pull back the curtain here, it is it is uh it's <laughs> it's almost nine yeah, o'clock here. Yeah. So we're we're working. We that that'll be that that score will 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 tell a lot. I mean, I, I do think Bedford and Pinkerton are the are the next class. There, I think Sauhegan's just a little bit, a little bit below them um, in terms of, of scores. There, um, we'll see in the next, in the next coming, right. in the next coming weeks. But um, I guess I, I'm I, really I, interested to see Pinkerton and, and Bedford score tonight. Yeah, I think I, maybe what I'm saying is, is just maybe the rest of those teams aren't as far back as maybe I would have yep. put them, you know, uh, two weeks ago. And and I, I guess that maybe that goes a little bit to just the improvements that, you know, the progress that a lot of teams have made, um, you know, over the course of the year. Yeah, I mean, if you're if we're really you know being fair, you know, Sauhegan plays Bedford in the first week of the season, right? And you know they 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 lose fifteen to seven the first game, and then they turn around two days later and they only lose ten eight. So they made some adjustments, and clearly they're they're a different team now than they were then. So maybe it's not necessarily fair of me to say that at this point, but um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how that that Bedford and, and Pinkerton game turned out turned out tonight. Uh well, I haven't found a final yet, um, but I have a halftime score, <laughs> uh, which better, really better than nothing. It does it does us good, but but everybody listening tomorrow who already knows the outcome. Uh, so at halftime, actually, Bedford was up eight to one. Okay, wow. Which is yeah, that's pretty eye opening uh, to me. <laughs> yeah, so eye opening, no... but eye opening, but I could I can see that. I mean, you know, they they played in the second game against Bishop Girton. They played them to a to a nine six game, right. and so you know, I think I think Bedford may be peaking at the at the right time here. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I are we have any uh, you got any other any other thoughts that uh, on on anything that's happened so far this season or in the in the recent uh, recent weeks or so that uh, you know that uh, you want to get out there. Uh, no, I mean, I think, I think we've covered, I think we've covered an awful lot. The only thing, um, you know, we didn't talk a lot on the, uh, on the D3 boys side in terms of the way things are shaking out there. But I think we're, we're starting to see that, uh, you know, we had talked in recent weeks that Campbell has been playing really well, seems to be separating a little bit there. Um, I think, you know, after having played Hopkinton, 
you know, last week, um, you know, if they if they get healthy and they have they have all of their weapons at their disposal, you know, I think that's a team that can that can make a run in the uh, in the you know certainly they they've got the pedigree for it. They've done it before. You know, I think they'll be looking to make a run come playoff time there. Um, you know, I think Trinity's got some nice pieces, um, but I, I'm I, I think I think Campbell and, and Hopkinson right now are the two teams to beat in the in the Division Three boys side. Yeah, um, some of the with some... maybe the exception of I keep looking at Guilford, like Guilford kind of intrigues me up mm-hmm. north there yeah. too. You know, um, they they've had a lot of good scores there. They're challenging themselves with with some Division Two teams. Um, so that, I think that's a team to keep an eye on come come playoff time as well. Uh, yeah, them, them uh, Plymouth. I'm not. I'm you know. I'm they've got a, a they put together yep. a nice record. Um, as well, and um, I, I know Laconia had gone um, most of the season without their lineup, and I think more recently, within the last week or so, uh, they finally have gotten everybody on the field together. Um, you know, so that's a team too that that could end up, you know, maybe surprising somebody, um, depending on what the draw is uh, for the playoffs. But yeah, it's um, I, I think you're right. Though. I think I think Campbell and and uh, you know, at this point, if I was picking a favorite, I'd, I'd probably lean towards Campbell. I would have to, I would have to agree with that. They seem to have they seem to have pretty good depth at, at each position, and um, you know have, have certainly challenged themselves in terms of their schedule this season. Having played Hollis twice, having played St. Thomas twice, you know traditionally good Division two teams. Um, so, yeah. Um, and I, know, I noticed I noticed that both Trinity and Campbell uh, added games this week against Bo, um, because Bo had been scheduled to play John Stark this week. Um, and obviously with, without them having a team, um, they had an op- open schedule or open spots on their schedule. So, and, and I believe both Trinity, Trinity was supposed to play central this week. Um, and then with yep. them combining with Memorial that lost some games there. So Trinity it looked like, Trinity, uh, looked like Trinity was able to beat Bo 10 set yeah. or 10, eight yesterday. Yeah. And I believe Campbell plays them on Thursday. Yes, they do. Yeah, yep. So. Interesting there, kind of see where both those teams are, uh, you know, based off of a common opponent there um, as, as we're, you know, getting a little later in the season. So, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I think we covered, I think we've covered a lot in the landscape here uh, this evening and um, you know, I, I, there's some great game, great games still to come. So um, looking forward to seeing how things shake out. I think, uh, I think you're going to see some movement in the in the top ten poll. Maybe not at the top, but certainly in in five through uh, five through ten over the next week and a half here as we finish up the regular season. I hope so because it's not a lot of fun writing. Uh, yep, everything's the same this week. <laughs> so yeah, let's uh, let's see some upsets. Uh, and and just for the record, I want to throw this out there. You know, I, I get asked often. Um, you know, how do I decide what games to go to? Um, and I will, you know, I've got plenty of different reasons, different, different things that go into the equation. Uh, but I, I am going to throw in there the, the water tub, um, that's going to be, you know, if you've got a water tub that's available, uh, for, for hot media member to, uh, to jump into during halftime, that's, that's gonna, that's gonna factor in. How about a, how about a better how about a better one, Joe? How about how about viewers subscribing to your to your website? That's probably about, yeah. I mean that, that's that's the, that's subscribing. Yeah, that, that might yeah. that might that might get you out there faster, right? <laughs> so, I mean that yeah that that's usually what does it. <laughs> All right. 
Well, well, thank you again for having yeah. me, Joe. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's always great to talk to you, and, and already looking forward to next week. There's some great games coming up over the next couple of days here, so it'll be Absolutely interesting to, uh, to talk again. Yes, thanks for joining me. He is uh, Dairyfield uh, AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. I am Joe Marcellina. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week.